Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. As always, I am Chris, and I am joined by Jack. Jack, how are you doing, sir? I am doing just fine. How are you? I am doing quite well. Had my Taco Bell, so I got my fix in. We're ready to get into it. I I watched him scarf the Taco Bell down before we recorded. That's right. And was that that Baja Blast I saw? Of course. It's still here. The Freezy. You got to go with it. The classic. I'm slightly jealous of that. I mean, if you don't get Baja Blast at Taco Bell, what's wrong with you? Just saying. Um, But anyways good week so we've got actually a decent amount of news some exciting stuff which did go down we've got ride of the week then a two choices on our cci wheel we've got a good amount of listener questions and we'll be doing a little bit of a different uh second half shout out to you who shall not be named for the idea so before we jump in we gotta shout out our patrons that's right and they are in no particular order, but we'll start with he who must not be named, Bryant, Graham, Grant, Jaden, Mark, Allison, and Steven, Eric, and Mikhail. Thank you all so much for your support. It helps make the show better. We're recording one of your Patreon episodes tonight. We That's we right. said we'd get you two in August, and we're going to try. <laughs> we're oh, no, we, we are. I promise. No matter we what. We are. And also, we have exciting news, because, you know, Chris's new mic is getting ordered, like, Yes, that's right. Big improvements coming my way technology-wise. So we're going to be looking good very soon. And uh, also, quick plug. We know what we're doing. I I wouldn't go that far. But, uh, so yeah, Patreon. Link in description if you want to join. Bunch of cool perks based on different tiers. Don't feel obligated, though. Also, in the description, Discord. That's where we get all of our questions from, and we just have fun talking to each other down there. That link is in the description. And also... Got to plug our socials real quick on Instagram at twisted underscore travelers and on Twitter at twisted traveler. But the R at the end is a one for the joint account. And for me on Instagram, it's at twisted travelers, Chris and Jack at thrilling moment for all that roller coaster and hot take goodness. Yes. Unlike everything. And I think that's all we had to plug. So we ready? Yeah. Let's jump right into it with the news of the year that no one cares about, but everyone cares about. Iron Gwazi has been formally delayed until March of 2022. All right. You ready to ramble? Let's ramble. Because this is the part that's going to take up a bit of time. For sure. So, uh, Iron Gwazi, obviously is the Florida local. I've been waiting for this for a while. Okay. Well, anyways, before I was rudely interrupted, I know everybody's hype died down for this, including my own. Now that, we actually have an, <laughs> now that we actually have an announcement, mine's building again. And look, I, yes, the hype is building again, but I'm still not buying my pass until the thing is actually running, until I get my ERT on it, which we'll talk about in just a second, until I get to ride it. I'm not buying my pass until it's fully confirmed that it is opening on a specific date and they are not pushing it back. I'm going to get excited, but I'm still not putting all my trust into it. Um, but like I said, for the ERT, so if you bought a pass after September of 2019, 
and it expired uh, previously, and it will not be valid when Guazi opens, you can go sign up to get ERT on the thing, which I know it's not ideal with how much they push back, but honestly, I, I'm very happy with that as compensation, at least for me. Um, I know a lot of people will still be disappointed, but I think that that's something that I was not expecting from them, honestly. And I think it's, it's really good. That they're giving that away for free because they, they could make so much more money by just leaving us in the dark, but they actually are giving us what we were promised. And I am very appreciative of that, honestly. And yet the, still the first thing they do is buy your fun cards now. Hey, of course they're going to advertise. Did you expect them not to? I didn't expect it to be the second thing they did after they announced when they were opening the ride. I was expecting maybe, you know, you, you have a little bit of, yeah, we, 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 uh, we did a thing and it wasn't nice and here's, you know, what we we're going to do to make it right. And then, and then you say, but if you want to ride it more, you can buy the thingy. Uh, yeah, I know. Click the button, buy it now. Anyway, here is my thing about it. I don't live in Florida. The hype for this ride is long dead for me. I will not be making, like, I'm not going to pilgrimage to Bush Gardens Tampa to ride it. You say that, but once it starts getting 10 out of 10 reviews from everybody, you'll you'll make, you'll change your mind. You know it it's true. A, it takes a very special ride to get me to drop everything. Maybe not to pilgrimage, it. but you come down here often enough anyway. Next time you're down here, when it's open, you will go ride it, even though you say that. And that is the thing. Like, when I'm down there the next time, I will go ride it. No, if that happens to be in March, which there's a good chance it will be, but that's for a later discussion, Or, um, then, yeah, I might go ride it. But also, I'm not going to plan a trip around going to ride Iron Gwazi. It's going to be, I'm in Florida visiting Chris and going to Universal, I might go ride Iron Gwazi because I'm here, but I'm not going to Florida to ride Iron Gwazi. Yeah, I mean, I think most people's visits to Florida, if they come every couple of years, just depends on new stuff anyway. It, with Gwazi opening, they'll get their tours back. Uh, I think no problem. I think most people will be like that, and that they're coming to Florida because they come to Florida fairly often already to go to Universal or Disney or SeaWorld and Busch Gardens if there's something new. If Iron Quasi is open, they're going to do the same. That That's what I think anyway. Um, yeah, it, like they're going to get the business. It's just like for me, we're as in 2020, had things gone normally, I might have dropped it and gone down and ridden it as soon as I could. But 2020 didn't go the uh, way we they, all wanted They definitely to. killed a good amount of hype, but I think it's going to build back up when we actually mm-hmm. see it start to get to the point of opening. And I think that's the way it's always been for this thing. Now, I was lurking on Reddit, reading comments and stuff, people talking about Gwazi, and I I am interested to see how many technical issues it has when it opens up, because essentially it's been SVNO. I know it's since some training They did and stuff. bring people back in to work on it, to fix whatever yeah. could have happened from it being dormant. But there is still, you know, September, October, November, December, January, February, March... I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in people to work a couple months before they get ready to actually hire people Mm -hmm. and get people trained for it, though. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it had issues in its first week of operating, but I don't think it's going to be so much because it's sat dormant that they can't fix pretty early on. It'll be very obvious what issues it has. 
and I could definitely see like a lot of testing start happening on the ride in January. And there, I, there, cause people, here's what will happen. They'll start testing the ride. Everyone will be like, they're soft opening it like next week. And it will just keep testing from like a month because basically what they're doing is identifying every weak point it's developed over the last two years, because while it's a hybrid still has a wooden structure, wood rots. It rains a lot in Florida. There are hurricanes. Yep. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But with it, I'm also not going opening week because I expect there to be issues with the ride the first week or two. Hey, I'm not going open week either. I'm going to get my ERT before it opens, give it a little bit of time, and then get my pass, and then go ride it. That's my plan. Um, but Meanwhile, outside of I will course, be getting a universal pass and marathoning Velocicoaster. And I'll be with you. So, um, But outside of Gwazi, more happened with the SeaWorld chain. A lot happened with the SeaWorld chain. Yes. So, Icebreaker. Over in Central Florida, SeaWorld got announced for February. Now, ERT for this, uh, as far as I know, has not been announced. I could not find a link for it. I looked. I don't think they're having ERT for it yet, or at least they haven't announced it. But February is, I think, pretty much earlier than a lot of people thought, and I'm I'm pretty cool with that. Um, I probably won't ride it until I get my pass after Gwazi opens, and I'll just get SeaWorld Ambush Gardens. But... Hey, I'm I'm just look. I'm so happy that we're finally getting months. I, I'm I'm still not gonna put faith into it until we actually see it testing and ramping up for opening. But at least we have months. It seems more legit. I don't see them backtracking after giving specific months to people to get passes. Um, so icebreaker February, I'm cool with that too. Mm-hmm. I think there's also merit that they're not wanting to compete with themselves because you open two major roller coasters on one day and well yes it's the same company all the money's gonna end up in the same place i can it's just like okay icebreaker cool that opened everyone likes it and then you open iron quasi which is going to be your showstopper if you have a showstopper of a ride yeah um, um and then so with even that more. though <laughs> yeah so those two we got like we got march 2020 we're gonna ballpark. It's gonna probably be around mid-March spring break season. Icebreaker, I'm gonna assume, is gonna be mid, like February Valentine's Day area. Pantheon and Emperor. So we'll start with Emperor. If you haven't been paying attention, SeaWorld San Antonio has been in the news for not great things. So I'm assuming they're not making an announcement because they don't want to draw more attention to themselves than they need to. So I'd we'll see what happens with them. them in the next month or so, but I have no idea when it will happen. They're the biggest Pantheon. question mark. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Pantheon. So unlike BGT had to make sure I said the right one and SeaWorld Orlando, they tweeted later in the day or made the announcement later in the day that they had an update to share next week, which does seem a little odd. Cause why not just do it today? But also, the way that park seems to continue to hit capacity, I'm expecting the exact same thing. Just for delaying it till 2022, there will be past member previews or something in early 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pantheon. Okay. I think a lot of people are going to strongly disagree with me here and that is fine. And I don't necessarily think this is going to happen, but I think if it were to happen, I wouldn't be too shocked. And it, it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to make a post about an update 
for Pantheon if it's just going to end up being a delay. Nobody is going to hype that up. That's just going to lead to so much disappointment with your fan base. There's nothing like that happened with Tampa or SeaWorld Orlando for Icebreaker or Gwazi. And also, a, a little bit, like something that you could kind of pair together. It's somewhat different situations, but still. What is the reason we've heard that SeaWorld Corporate did not want to open Gwazi? One of those reasons was they didn't want to compete with Lost Coaster. What is opening at King's Dominion just down the road next year? King's Dominion is building their own coaster. Monkey. Would they not? Yes. Would they not want to compete with Monkey Flip? You see? Now, I, uh, look. <laughs> if, if they announced that Pantheon was opening this year, and it's so late in the season, I really doubt it. But I wouldn't be too surprised because they're going about it a little bit differently than the others. It somewhat makes sense. But I, I still do expect them to just announce the delay, which neither of the options make a ton of sense, honestly, the way they've gone about things. But who knows? We'll see. I see where you're coming from, but with the way SeaWorld Corporate's been, I just don't see them letting it. Here's okay. Here's my hypothetical. Maybe it's not full ride opening maybe they are doing past previews at one because bgw has been doing like events through the whole year so the park's never really closed so maybe in like their december or their for christmas event or whatever it is they open it up the pass holder but it, it just doesn't make sense because the way SeaWorld corporate's been behaving this year i just don't see them letting them just open and again, we're not going to get into like deep, uh, like, ugh. excuse me, words are hard. We're not going to get deep on the SeaWorld San Diego stuff, but they could also be seeing that as like, a, we need to get the parks like going again before the news makes us look bad, like they did a couple of years ago. Um, so that could, there could, that could be part of this corporate mind change all of a sudden is them realizing they need to get on top of their game real quick. All of that said, though, I'm still on. They're just going to say, it's opening next year. Here's what we're doing. And here's what we're doing to make it up to you. So, yeah, it, it's a different and weird situation. I, I think it is more likely that they push it back. But what I am saying is of all of the parks that would actually open this year, that's the one that makes the most sense. Mm hmm. It does make the most sense that, that like, if there was one ride that would open this year, that would be the one, because for the fall, you you could open a new roller coaster. You're going to get annihilated by Halloween Horror Nights. It doesn't matter if you have the best roller coaster in the world at your park. You're going to get annihilated by Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and then Christmas, you have, well, Disney World, which, you know, happiest place on earth covered in more lights to make it even happier so you're not going to compete with that with a new roller coaster so mm -hmm. it makes sense why they pushed to 2022 and we've known that like business wise it's all made sense always to push to 2022 but and i am it makes me happy that they're doing something for pass holders because i feel i still feel bad for y'all because you got juked out of a new ride and as many rides as you wanted but it's slightly less painful now. Yeah. Uh, look, it, the way they handled it is 
it's so weird because in some ways it makes sense, but then in other ways it's just like you kind of really rip some people off in a way. But the way that they are compensating for it, giving us free ERT, is a lot more than I expected them to actually give, and I'll take it. I'm I'm pretty cool with uh, what they did, like as far as announcements. But yeah. th- that's the long ramble about SeaWorld. <laughs> Yeah, but we do have one more SeaWorld thing we got to talk about, but this is just a new ride announcement, and that is Tidal Surge for SeaWorld San Antonio. It's going to be the world's tallest and fastest screaming swing. Brian, I got to call you out. Glenwood Caverns is the world's highest, not the tallest. Sorry. Yes. Uh, SeaWorld San Antonio, you weren't left out. Congratulations. We saw this coming. Good for you. When can Tampa get ours? We saw this coming. (laughs) Yeah. We, we literally saw it coming. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to San Antonio. Maybe it'll open on time. Yeah, and it is like the perfect placement in the park because that p- corner of the park needs something. And it's going to be right there on the water, so that'll be cool. <laughs> okay, that's enough SeaWorld, I think. Yeah, uh, we've given them more airtime tonight than we have in like the entire season. You're welcome, SeaWorld. Um, so we, we still got, don't like you. We got a couple of... Uh, not so great things to talk Not about. Not so great things. We'll make um, them quick like we usually do with bad stuff. Okay, so those not so great things is with two of the craziest launch coasters in the world. Uh, coincidence. Top Thrill Dragster, uh, we, talk, I th- we did talk about it last week. What happened, right? We did talk about it last week. Yeah, so with that whole issue, it is going to stay closed for the remainder of the 2021 season. I don't think that's a And the list of Intamins down for the season grows. Rip. I'm so grateful that mine are doing okay. <laughs> we've, we've rode all three of these within like a month of their issues too. We rode mm-hmm. Tora within a month. We rode Skyrush with... Dude, you I know! We rode Dragster within a month. Maverick is doomed. Millennium Force is doomed. Velocicoaster is probably no, doomed. No, 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 I'm sorry, no. the Harbinger of Doom rode your ride. When he flew by, it closed, it remember? It closed, yeah, but then it, it reopened. It's good now. It's past its James Larson issues. fun staring at it. I, I, y'all have fun staring at it at Velocity Stumble when it's broken because he's there. Yeah. And but, he's uh, going to be so, in the park for that. He flew over it and it broke. It's probably going to blow James, up. James, don't come to park. stumble. Don't come to stumble, man. I'm Too sorry. Bad. My Sometimes dad's rooming you... with him. <laughs> Your dad's coming to stumble? Yes, he is. This, I'm not salty about it at all. Let's go. Ha ha. We'll make fun of him from afar, and you won't get told. But I'm yeah, gonna go so, do something that weekend without telling any of you, and you're probably all gonna hate me. We'll be riding Velocicoaster, dog. We don't care. Do what you want. But yeah, um, not so great news. I I think this was kind of, I, I think this was kind of expected, considering what happened. It's a shame, but it was probably the right thing for them to do. And other launch coaster, Dota Dompa, has caused multiple entries over the past nine months. So that's going to be closed, including, I think, a fractured spine? We might need to bump up our Japan trip again. Nah, it, it's got five <laughs> years to figure it out. We're good. No, I'm saying before they tear it out. <laughs> uh, oh, that would suck. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, Ooh. moving back to good stuff, Pandemonium at Six Flags Over Texas is getting painted. Um, and I think they're just going full on DC rivals with this. I'm expecting the giant Joker head to show up any day now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's a bit different. Um, I guess I'll, I'll wait to judge until we, uh, actually see it, you know, I'm gonna like say, also, all done? the pictures we've gotten of it have been off not so great cell phone cameras and stuff. So we really don't have a good idea of what the colors actually look like. Um, but repaints are always nice. Just didn't see them repainting that ride particularly. So I'm interested to see if it's going to get rethemed or something too. Yeah, I know. Pink and... Uh, considering the logo has always been like red and black or red and yellow or whatever, it's a little bit different. But who knows what they're going to do with it. It's it's a bit different. But yeah, uh, that's a kind of a minor story, whatever. And uh, last thing. Dr. Doom refurbishments Islands of Adventure are going on, so they took the tops off. There are rumors of completely replacing the towers, which maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't really you know. know they've been there on. since 99, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they have fulfilled their service life and uh, need to be replaced. Yeah, but there's nothing they could do back there other than the towers, I'm pretty sure, because of the whole contract with Marvel and Disney. I don't think they can make changes like that that big except for having the rides like the exact same. Uh, so yeah, it's not going to be anything huge. It's just refurbishment or they might rebuild the towers, who knows. But which essentially something I didn't expect to happen. Yeah. Um, it has been funny though to watch everyone freak out. It's like, "Oh my gosh, they're getting rid of Doctor Doom." It's like Universal has been so I on saw top people of the saying there was going to be a coaster back there. Have they walked back there? It's tiny. I know. But if if something's going on, it's got to be a coaster, right? It's got to be a coaster. So, yeah, there's news this week. We we rambled for about 12 minutes on SeaWorld and then blew through the rest of it in like five. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Moving on to Ride of the Week, we're going to... Get down. We're down to two CCIs, Legend at Holiday World and Ghost Rider at Knott's Berry Farm. Which one shall it be this week? Well, the wheel is ready, and I will spin it right now. It is underway. Dun, 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 dun. Every Legend week I think at Holiday World. Mm, every week I think, should I add music to when the wheel is spinning, and then you just do it for me. So There you go. You're welcome. Um, Legend at Holiday World. Um, the L is for lateral. That is true. <laughs> Legend is one of those rides that I almost have a love-hate relationship with. I love the ride. Don't get me wrong. I just wish it did you know, a little bit more besides lateral because there's only like two pops of airtime and the rest of it's just Lat City, which is great. But I really wish it had a little more airtime. Which has always been its like shortcoming for me is that it's just laterals, and while that's fun, it can also get a bit painful if it's running fast, um, or if you have John Mike riding next to you. <laughs> that's a and good time. Just, like, I mean, he, he he's just like, 
I'm gonna like lose. I'm gonna let go of my upper body control and just like let my body flail into you. So you're just going through that helix with a John Mike crushing your body. At Hollywood Nights, did you ride Legend with them? Uh, no. I think I rode Legend with you one time at Hollywood Nights. Hollywood Nights was a good bit of fun. I I rode Legend with Marcus. That was oh, fun. And then Mike any coaster with and Marcus John and Mike rode together in the back. John Mike seemed like he had a religious experience when he got off. (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. So my most recent ride on Legend was a week and a half ago compared to the one ride I had on Hollywood Nights. The Hollywood Nights ride was great. Probably the best ride I've ever had on it. The ride I had a couple of weeks ago was like, where's the nearest stand? I need a Mountain Dew. And that gave me a headache. Um, That's the key to fixing it. It is the key to fixing it. I made Chris very jealous when I sent him a picture of Mountain Dew and the Voyage in the same shot. That's like my thing. Um, drink break. Uh, yeah, Legend's great. I need to just ride it more. It's because it's so easy with Voyage and Thunderbird in that park to just go over there and forget the other two exist. Um, and Legends just never. I'm basically saying it's never been my favorite. It's definitely not my least favorite. It's pretty middle of the pack for me. So Fair that's enough. my that's my thoughts on Legend. I know it's a bit controversial, but it that's just one of those coasters. It's like that's not for me. So Legend, uh, You say you need to ride it more, and I would definitely agree with that. I got nine rides at Hollywood Nights on it this year, and uh, that is a lot of fun. So before Legend was like, I thought it was very mediocre. After my rides at Hollywood Nights this year, it jumped up a good, I think, 30 spots in my rankings. Uh, It is an insane ride. The L is indeed four laterals. It throws you around. It is incredibly intense. It's a long ride. It's got tunnels. It's got terrain. And while it doesn't have all those airtime moments that Jack was talking about, it does have those two random pops that absolutely eject you that I love. Um, it's just a super fun ride that has grown on me so much. And as much pain as it puts you in just from it being so intense as far as laterals go, I found myself riding it over and over again at certain points. It was so good. Um, especially when Voyage did go down... That was, that was a lot of fun, those Legend Night Rides. It, it, it is very close uh, with Shivering Timbers for my second favorite. I do prefer Shivering a little bit more. But Legend, honestly, is a, such a good layout of just constant laterals. A super long ride up on the terrain. Uh, I really do love the ride. It's grown a ton on me. I need to go ride it again next year, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, Legend is, is pretty good. <laughs> That's what I'll say. And that was Ride yeah. of the Week. And that's Ride of the Week. So we'll be back next week to talk about Ghost Rider at Knott's Berry Farm. The best one. We'll just spoil it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's right there. It's they better go than forth. Shivering. Sorry, they go back and forth. It's better me. than um, Shivering by a lot. I don't care. Do I look like I care? Well, that was way too loud. You're going to have to adjust that in post. Um, Ah. Well, I quit.
Listener questions, people. Thank you for the questions this week. We have a decent amount. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six questions. All of them are ones that we actually have to think on. So, thanks. All right, let's get into it. First one is from Klaus, and that is top five elements to go into right after a launch. Ha. Huh. Okay, well, we can just throw Top Hat out already. It's definitely one of them, right? Because there's uh, no, so I'm many good gonna, launches that go into them. I mean, true. Um, okay, Top Hat. Uh, Straight up Airtime Hill. Whatever the heck Maverick's second launch does. Yeah, high speed turn is pretty good. Um, Yeet you. What what Mummy does, which is just straight airtime at the top, uh, is definitely one of them. I'd say, okay, top hat, airtime hill at the top where it just yanks you down. I'd say, hmm. I'd say a zero G roll like Hulk. A break run, if you're full throttle, because essentially it goes launch, top hat, okay, break run. Whatever. Uh um, Low to the ground turn like Maverick. And then what should be my fifth? If we can go with elements out of order, can I just have the second inversion on Velocicoaster on repeat? Like launch into that, then another launch into that, then another launch into that. Can that be a ride? That would low-key be like in my top five. Yeah, it would. That, whole, that element alone is in my top five. <laughs> Hmm, I warned you. Um, hmm. I mean, the, the I mean, picture I of my four. face yes. is up there. <laughs> um, There's not many more launch coasters that I have ridden that have a different element. So I think I think I'll go... I mean, with yeah, with Thunderbird. But I think I would go with Copperhead Strikes Loop over that yeah. for the hang time. That, I'd say that would be my fifth. On Copperhead is fun. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that'll like, be my top five. The problem is, like, the element immediately after the launch usually has to be a bit more drawn out. And so they're fun, but they're not, like, the best element on the ride. So that picking that, okay, here's my number one 2016 lightning ride straight into the double was... That was an amazing thing to go into right after launch. Not as much anymore. Um, I'll throw out just all top hats, but specifically dragsters. I'm sorry, there's nothing like that. I know it came to dragsters top, is dragsters. special because it's different. Because mm-hmm. you get whipped to the side so much on the spiral down. Yes, and then Maverick's second launch, Maverick's first launch, both of okay, them. Okay, if we're counting Maverick's first launch, that's number one. Yeah. That, that drop in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. And then number five, we'll give it to Hulk's zero G roll. Yeah. I uh, I won't put them in a specific order, but you, I'm just, Klaus, yeah, I just you just got a lot of stuff. Those are all really good. Yep, there's there your go. there's your answer for that. So, right. okay, what's a park you will probably never visit again? We were talking about this a little bit in Discord, so I'm curious what yours is first because you thought we were Sesame gonna have the same Place. answer. No, I had think we're gonna have the same answer for another one. I only have one. I looked through my whole list of parks, and there's only one that I don't see myself ever getting back to. 
Can I take a guess? Sure. Beach Bend. No, I could. I think it's in our region, and I could go with you or John Mike one day at some point just for fun. Uh, all, yeah, it's not there, Lake Winnie. No, I'm missing two of the three credits. <laughs> okay, so Beach Bend and Lake Winnie are both in the area that I would drive past or at least be within probably an hour of at certain points in the near future. This park, park is one that is pretty out of the way, and I am missing a credit at it, but it's a kitty credit. I don't think you're going to get it. Oh, no, I'm determined to get it now. I'm trying. I don't even know. No, you probably don't even remember that I've been to this park. In fact, the podcast might not even know that I've been to this park. Okay, I, I think I know where it is, but I don't remember the name of the park, so tell me. Okay, Family Kingdom in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, was, that's was, where Swamp Fox, to. the PTC Woody is. Uh, I have been there. I have ridden Swamp Fox and the Wild Mouse. I'm missing the kitty credit, but Myrtle Beach is just so out of the way. I don't see myself Myrtle going Beach. back for the kitty credit. Why would you want to go to Myrtle Beach? Why would you want to go to the beach? Let's start there. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the beach. As somebody who's like, grown up around it, it's just whatever to me. But I understand yeah. why some people like okay. it. But that's what so, I would say. Minus Sesame Place. I don't care that you've got a gravity group. I don't care that you've got another credit. Unless they give me free tickets, I'm not going back. Because our experience there was complete and utter garbage. So. If you get a Seize Pass at some point in the future. like Okay, Seize Pass maybe. But they're like... I could drive past it tomorrow and they could be Oscar's Rocky taxi could be running. And I would probably just look out the window and say some words at it. What was the one that you thought we were going to have the same for? Uh, worst park experience or like park experience. that was bad, but was also great. Oh, that was the question. I thought you were okay. No. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Although even thinking about that, the more I thought about it, we might not have the same, but we'll get to that one in a second. So there's the answer to that, Bryant. Um, okay, well, we can three... jump to that one, I guess, if what, you want. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll jump to that one and we'll come back. Okay. Have you ever had a park experience where things were going bad, um, bad weather, ride closures, etc., but you still had a great time? Yes. I think we both have. That's from Joey, by the way. Yes, this is from Joey. Joey, also, good luck with your new job. Um, yeah, good okay. luck with your new job I didn't know about. You got um, this, Joey. Uh, I'll let you go first. Shoot, I gotta think. You go. Let me think. Okay. Mine's, mine is the Six Flags over Georgia Day. Okay, well, I just because, remembered that one. <laughs> um. Like the whole camera thing for me and Taylor was a pain in the butt. It was freezing cold. Ops were, you know, not the greatest. But despite that, it was an amazing day with some of the best people in the world. So, like in the the beginning of the day was complete garbage. But by the end of the day, we were riding Batman in thirty six degree weather, having the time of our lives. Yeah. Uh, so that day. I mean, things went bad for the group in general because of your camera thing. Taylor's running with the cops, I guess. <laughs> Taylor getting arrested. <laughs> uh, and then also the ride operators at Superman. But as far as ops, when like when we split up and it was you, me, Andrew, Andrew, and John Mike, Mike. 
the ops we weren't bad time. for us for that, and we had a great time. Nothing bad directly happened to me. I guess for the group, I, it did. I, I had a great time that day. Yeah, because that was that's what I said initially. I was like maybe, but then the more I thought about, it, I was like no, because that was really Taylor and I, and then. Uh, um, Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Oh my... Adam? Is it Adam? We're cutting this out because I feel awful right now. I think it is. Hold on, I was texting with Taylor the other day because I got the guest list for the premiere. Um... Matt. How the heck? Okay. Um. Yeah, it was really me, Taylor, and Matt who got screwed over that day. So that it's like I can like it probably was not as bad as a day for y'all. And like I said, by the end of the day, I was having a great time. It was just oh, the start to that day. <laughs> yeah. Um. Trying to think of some others. I mean, my See, Magic Mountain day had some stuff that definitely wasn't the best. Uh, but I mean, I still had an incredible like, time. And I know a couple of days you've had at parks that have just been bad, but don't really have redeeming qualities. St. Louis. Um, and your first time at Fiesta. Yeah. Honestly, my brain has completely wiped that first visit from Fiesta because I had such a great time last time. Thank you, Fiesta. You fixed yourself. You, yeah, I think you like just got it on the bad day, and then we took you, you went back with us, and it's like, so this is what this park is supposed to be. They had good ops on Rattler, finally. The only thing I wanted them to have the first time, and they didn't. Oh, and that night ride? Oh, those night rides were something else. Uh, I think... I think that's... I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And- Oh, also, our Hershey Park day that was insanely crowded. I We still, still had a great lot. time. Yeah. We we got to spend time with each other, which we take that when we can get it, because when you live 400 miles apart, you take Sky it Rush you exists. Get it. Sky Rush exists. Well, despite it being October. It <laughs> despite it being October, the weather was actually very good that day. Um, I have to guess, so I'm going to... This is something my dad and I have said for a very long time about going to theme parks. Any day you're at a theme park is better than the office. And if it's not better than the office, then why are you at a theme park? Credits. Um, so that's always been our thing. It's like, we're here. It might be raining. It might be wet. There might be things closed, but we're at a theme park. Have some fun. So, mm-hmm. And you get frustrated. But my, like, I try to tell myself when I go to these parks, it's like, have fun. This is supposed to be fun. This is not supposed to be stressful. Yeah, I'm with you. So, okay, there, there's my. That's my good two question, that, Joey. Good question, Joey. Yep. All right. Next question from Mikhail. What are the top three theme park shows you've seen? I could pretty much go all Universal on this. I think. And I'm probably gonna go. All Dollywood, because I think outside of our home parks, neither of us are probably big on seeing shows. Right, even though you probably should see some of the ones at Universal. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll go straight up top two already. Born, Jason Bourne, and uh, horror horror makeup show at Universal. The horror makeup show is hilarious. I love that. Bourne is great. 
Uh, Sinbad was okay when it was open. Phantasmic's a classic of Disney. Um, there's there there's quick four for you, but definitely horror, makeup, and born are the top two. Mm-hmm. I do. Those are all ones I would like to see eventually. Um, but okay, Dollywood. I actually, as much as it's like cliche, gotta give the top spot to Smoky Mountain Christmas. I see that show every year. I don't care that it doesn't change every year. It's amazing. It's Smoky Mountain Christmas. Um, if you're ever coming to Dollywood with me for Christmas and you haven't seen it, we're going to see Smoky Mountain Christmas. I'm not a huge fan of um, the uh, some of the other Christmas shows. Are, they're not as well done. Smoky Mountain Christmas is my favorite. Going to give number two. See, this is where it gets difficult because, like, what it's like. What do you define as a show? Um, and so we're gonna give it to Country Crossroads at Dollywood, which is a singing and dance. It's like singing through the ages. They start in the forties and they work you all the way up to modern times. Country music, but it gets this for one reason, and that is the pre-show because the pre-show is done by none other than Miss Lillian herself. And I got a video of my dad running around Dollywood in a chicken suit out of it. I am forever grateful. Um, and then number three. This is where it gets difficult because I'm not a huge show person. It's like I'm at a park. I like to go do the rides and all that. Are we I gonna- will do horror makeup every once in a while, but like... That's probably the only one I do fairly consistently. Are are we counting um, Poseidon's Fury as a show? Nah, that's not a show. That's a walkthrough. Sinbad was a show. It's just sitting there. uh, uh, That doesn't really count. That's not really a show. Oh, okay. I have to, like... Okay, uh, you throw this out while I have like an extra. Okay, well, this is going to make out. it six for me, so I can make up for him anyway. Uh, okay, both Disney works. and both, I mean, I like one a lot more than the other, but still, Tiki Room uh, mm. is a classic, but the one that I love so much at Disney is Country Bear Jamboree. That is another show that if I'm going to Magic Kingdom and crowds are big, I will do Country Jamboree. Bear Jamboree, 100%. That will be my one of my go-tos for a busy day. That is a great show. It is, I love that show. Yeah, I can't really think of another show off the top of my head. I mean, I, I live in a state where there's a good amount, so I can the, make up for it. The thing with Dollywood shows is you have to show up and stand outside the doors for them for like an hour if you want to go to any of the really popular ones. So there's still some of the Dollywood shows I haven't seen. And I'm also, I'm not counting Dollywood summer shows because they change every single year because all of those are fantastic, but they change every year. So most of you would have no clue. But shout out to Gazillion Bubbles. My dad and I still will run around park screaming Gazillion Bubbles. Um They've had a hypnotist, which was freaking awesome. And then they've done um, dog shows. Um, Drumline Live was amazing. We've had some great shows for Summer Spectacular, but none of those stick around for more than six weeks at a time. Mm. So, 
There you go. All right. Next question. This is from Grant. What's one flat ride you want to see more of? Just to piss off Bryant, I would like to see Guardians of the Galaxy Mission <laughs> Breakout located at Hollywood Studios. Uh, I should have seen that coming. Uh, keeping more with her traditional style of a flat ride, not the multi-million dollar Disney kind. I'm going to say a good... Um, I had an answer and I lost it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I had it in my mind and then you said Tower of Terror and I started thinking about that and now I can't think of it. Um, oh. the I do not know who makes them or what their model is called, but the swinging axe rides, like Canada's Wonderland has, them, has one, Dorney Park has one, Kennywood has one. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. ride, whatever model that is, give me those everywhere, especially if they're the ones that are run with a stick so the operator can control them. Those are fantastic. They're super expensive, but Intamin, oh, Falcon's so Fury style drop towers. I mean, yeah, those are always cool. Uh, try to think. What's, what's something? Hmm. I'd like to see more Zamperla Endeavors replacing uh, Enterprises that are getting older and becoming a maintenance nightmare. I really like Kentucky Kingdoms. Yeah. I mean, because Enterprises are doomed anyway, or at least a good portion of them are. Uh, th that's a couple. You got yeah. anything else? <laughs> Not really. I mean, flat rides in general, just there need to be more of them. There needs to be more diversity of them at parks, but I can't really name any off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm with you. Well. So, okay. And last question. What is the most savage tweet by a theme park social media team or person? This is from Allison. This is directly responding to Universal being like, hey, we apologize. It's like we apologize for like the inconvenience, and we you've been patient, but Velocicoaster is already open. That's in response to this, so which was complete headshot. Like killed them. Like if we were going one v one, they just completely destroyed SeaWorld. Yeah, I'd say just pick any of Universal's tweets going after SeaWorld, and they have the win because they're gonna have the upper hand every time. Because of SeaWorld's uh, sea uh, corporate <laughs> kind of yeah. ruined things to their social media team with the way they've handled stuff. Sorry, yeah. Josh Greenberg. Okay, so minus that, though, I've got one in mind that's not just one tweet, it's a whole thread. And that's the rap battle between Kentucky Kingdom and I World forgot about Fun. that. That was like, good. Shout out to the okay. Shout out to our good friends, the drunk riders, for initiating that. Because that is still like one of those days where like it was checking Twitter every five seconds to watch that rap battle unfold. That and the and time traveler versus lightning rod day. Yeah, that day we and were checking. We fought. Was, I, I know that wasn't related, but that was like a day when I was on Twitter constantly pushing. But yeah, yeah, I but forgot the about rap, Kentucky Kingdom at World's Fun. That was a good battle. one. That was good. Jefferson at his like 
like when he was really going at it every single day, he was roasting someone. Oh, he did that uh, National Roller Coaster Day one literally just like last week where he had the Larson loop yep. as the picture. He, that absolute king. Hey, and also, like, I, I guess we can say it. He's coming on the podcast in the near future, so get ready for that. Hey, he said he would at some point. Jefferson, I hope you didn't lie. <laughs> no, I know he, he didn't. Uh, some Eventually, he's going to come on. So, But yeah, yeah. Quick, quick plug to some episode in the future. We have no idea when, but it'll happen. Like there are so many examples of savage tweets. I'm sure I'm forgetting like some that have happened. Um, yeah, I gotta say though, all of the parks that have really gotten on the social media trend, we love you. It makes it makes being someone who posts on social media so much more entertaining because I know the parks are gonna interact like with the stuff I post, and y'all were like having fun with it. The whole sharks thing with Silver Dollar City and Joey That's and his still team going, still going. That's been like a year, like, literally. It's been a year because um, that was started right after I was at um, Silver Dollar City, and that's been over a year now. Um, like fantastic job for all of them. Just, it's been great to watch this shift from, I guess, the corporate stone face ads and just general tweets to let's have fun and be the windies of theme park twitter and then now all of them are trying to be the windies of theme park twitter so except for dollywood except for dollywood but yeah joey if you ever want to leave silver dollar city and come to tennessee we got better mountains well thank you for the question allison and thank you for the questions in general to everybody once again quick plug Join the Discord. That's where we get our questions from. It's in the description. Yeah, we appreciate them every week. So, for our second half, we are doing top 10 bucket list coasters of the East. So, uh, what we mean is we're not including North America, the U.S., and Africa. Or, I mean, not in, like, South America. Because Africa and South America wouldn't have a lot. And then, yes, uh, Europe. So, basically, like, Asia and Australia. Uh, we're saving so Europe for later. <laughs> yeah, most everything you're going to hear is going to come out of China, Japan, and that's real. There's going to be a couple of other random ones, but most of what you're going to hear is coming out of that. Excuse me. So I think we're just going to dive in with this list. Okay, so to start us off, me and Jack both agreed to have a conjoined honorable mention because this is something that would very obviously be on this list if we didn't, but it's really the only thing from this country that we super care about uh and that is dc rivals uh it doesn't really fit with asia as much so we're gonna have that as an honorable mention yeah it's one of those right it's it's definitely like a top bucket list coaster overall but when you're looking at the east it's like we're just gonna throw it at the bottom of this list it would be higher on this list but we're just gonna put it at the bottom because it's kind of the outlier Yes, because the fo- I mean uh, that would be the only non-Asian coaster yeah. on this list, so that'll be the honorable mention to actually get into the top ten. Do you want to start or me? Um, I'll let you start. Okay, so I am starting off with Dueling Dragons, the Intamin 
multi-launch slash inverted multi-launch dueling coaster with Christmas tree colors. Uh, I was arguing on Twitter with Brian about this today. Uh, this ride looks awesome. It's definitely not the longest coaster on either side or looks like the most insane layout in the world, but the dueling interaction looks great. Uh, and it does look to have some pretty whippy elements overall. Plus the swing launches look cool. The hang time through the loops look cool and it's different than anything else in the world. So that is definitely up there for me. I really want to ride this thing. If we ever get to China. Yeah, it's definitely, um, like a bucket list coaster for me. I'll, We'll just go ahead and say it with this list. So we didn't like keep talking about the same couple rides over and over. We tried to keep them a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Inevitably there are some crossovers, but this is definitely like a bucket list drive for me, but I didn't include it on my list. Yeah. Um, it basically is everything you would want in like a dueling coaster. And it's a thing we've all dreamed about making in planet coaster or RCT or no limits where the tracks are, you know, right on top of each other at points. Yeah. So, right. Pretty cool. So my number 10 is a ride that I've always had a little bit of a weird thing for. And I had, I've had some weird dreams about it recently, but those are, those are very weird. Um, Thunder dolphin and Tokyo. This is the Intamin. Is it? It's a it hyper coaster. Yes. It's, it is it's a hyper like 250 um, feet. <laughs> it's 262 feet tall. And it has a 218 foot drop because it is built on top of a building. Um, and it's the Intamin hyper coaster in downtown Tokyo. And it just has a weird, like really wacky layout. It's like if millennium force had to be built on top of a building. Yeah. And it just, that just sounds like fun. Yeah. That just sounds like fun. And it's just, it's just one of those icons. Also, I would be reminisced if I didn't uh, make my condolences for David, um, who was, has been on the podcast. He's one of my friends who has been to Japan multiple times and has attempted to ride this roller coaster. I think four or five times now and has never gotten to ride it because it has been closed for either weather or maintenance or a mixture of the two. Yeah. So, uh, Thunder Dolphin, it definitely doesn't look like the most intense or crazy coaster in the world, but the location itself definitely puts it up there. This is the ride that seems to me like, obviously we're going to be near Tokyo when we go to Japan because flying into there would probably be easiest. And then there's Disney. This could be the thing that we just do one night at random Mm -hmm. and this is also like when we go to japan there's gonna be a bit of time spent in tokyo not doing coaster stuff because you're in tokyo yeah i mean you're gonna be near it anyway you might as well yeah so it's definitely on the list for me as well but not not quite top 10 uh so number nine for me we're going with another intimate launch over in china and that is soaring with dragon the massive swing launched um, Intamin Coaster. And to me, and I've described this in Discord before, this looks very similar to Pantheon in a way, as in it's not a lot of elements, but it's a couple of massive elements that look like they whip you around a lot. It has a huge, I believe it's a non-inverting loop, uh, not a regular loop. Yeah, it is. And then it's got like a huge overbank, some rapid transitions, uh, and it goes over like this huge statue tower thing that it wraps around for a helix. 
it looks super cool. It doesn't look like the longest stride or anything that would make my top 25, but it is very different from what we have here other than Pantheon. I'd say Pantheon is the closest you will get to it stateside. Yeah. It definitely is one of those rides. We've talked about it a lot since we've been friends. Um, I think it was your computer background for a long time, wasn't it? <laughs> I was about to bring that up. I had a sick <laughs> picture. I just got on Google Images. It was my computer background for a while. I love it. Um, yeah, it's a sweet ride. Definitely one we both want to get to at some point. Uh, and I agree. Like The only thing in the States that really compares to it will be Pantheon. But even then, I have a feeling it Pantheon. They're a good bit different. Yeah, they're still very different. Pantheon's got more of the modern uh, shaping and design to it. So Yeah. Okay, number nine for me is probably one of the most iconic coasters there is, period. Um, and it's a roller coaster like so many people have seen, and yet they can never tell you where it is. And it's um, Hair Razor, the B&M Floorless in Hong Kong. It says the yellow and pink B&M floorless you've seen a picture of it i can almost guarantee it and this ride is just whack because (laughs) people don't realize about ocean park it is actually built on a cliff like it is a massive cliff the glenwood caverns of asia yeah and this it literally just drops off into the ocean so this whole ride is built right up against the ocean um and it so you've got like a great drop very similar like superman like right up against the giant wall and then you've got standard like b&m elements you've got a loop and then it does a dive loop i definitely don't have a pov up over here watching it um <laughs> and then it gets like the speed hill it has a speed yeah, hill it, on the it's B&M a floorless. bit different for a floorless and the location too and, and the yellow like, looks amazing the yellow does and so i have so one of my dad's co-workers who's like a kind of coaster enthusiast not a coaster enthusiast has ridden this and he raves about it he's like I, he's, he's got a coaster count upwards of 200 at least and he raves about this ride and it's like okay i need to take this thing seriously and then you look at it and it's like this is a b&m yeah <laughs> okay. it, it's different It's definitely different. It's definitely like a weird ride. And I really want to get to ride it one day because being in speed hill on the floorless. And then also the whippiness of that zero G roll looks like Kumba hell roll level and the location. Yeah. And the location. Like the layout is definitely different. It doesn't look like it will be the craziest or best ride in the world, but the location, the, how iconic it is, the colors, and, I mean, you know, if you're in Hong Kong for Disney or something, it, I don't think it's that difficult to get to from there. Mm-mm. It's definitely a ride that I'd love to get to someday, for sure. It, it looks a lot different. All right. Moving on to number eight. We're going with another Intamin, and that is what I would describe as the Millennium Force of the East, and that is Coaster Through the Clouds. This is a, like, 250-foot intimate hyper coaster with a cable lift and it's it's very weird it it's got this massive huge turn with no catwalks or anything and it's just a flat turn at the top and then it's got a drop and then from there it's just a lot of floater hills and bank turns in like a big triangle shape it is one of the honest i'm gonna be honest with you yeah 
I've never watched a POV of this ride. Until Don't watch it right now. now. It's so I'm weird. I'm watching it right now. We're it's such a weird ride, but it looks sick. Because everyone talked, you've talked about it all the time, but I've never, I guess I never realized how freaking big it was. Yeah, what it's the like the biggest coaster thing? in China. It, what is, what? I know, it's weird. It's such a weird coaster, but it looks amazing. I mean, as much as I love Millennium Force, this looks very, like, as similar as you can get to that, as in, it looks like it doesn't have super intense elements, but the sense of speed, the height, and then I'm sure there will be some force, some floater in there. It's definitely something that I want to get to someday if I get to China. And Jack's How have just I gone? so long without watching a pov of this thing or really even knowing it existed like we've it, talked about it but i don't think i ever realized it was like this. i know it's weird isn't it <laughs> am i am i right when i say it's like, you feel like a, do you ever have those moments where you feel like a dumb enthusiast this is one of those moments for me <laughs> you're good china is so weird as far as coasters that might be the most I have so many questions right now. Yeah, it's he's, different. He's right. It's basically Millennium Force, but painted orange and green. And Not quite as modern... big, but pretty big. I... How long is it? I'm going to RCDB. It's long. It has to be long. Of course it is. Coaster through the clouds... It is 5,105 5, feet long. 256 foot drop, 85 miles an hour. With a 78 degree drop. Also, the supports look weird. <laughs> the supports? Yes, these look like a child drew what them. What the heck like. are those restraints? Look at the trains. I'm looking at them. It basically looks like they took the vests off the off of I three hundred five and, but just Maverick. left as the lap bar, yeah. But it's not the same lap bar. It's a different design because the the I three hundred five and Maverick ones are more of like a round cylinder. This actually looks more like it conforms to your legs. Well, that's even weirder. Can they just put Velocicoaster trains on it? I mean, I wouldn't complain. Well, the more you know people... I've had that thought. Just imagine Maverick with Velocicoaster's trains and, like, how much... Anybody who's ridden Velocicoaster has thought about that and knows it would kill them. Oh, yeah, it'd be a great way to go. Just have your back just flung into Lake Erie. So, yeah, uh, Coasters of the Clouds. Big, weird ride in China that looks pretty sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number eight, this is number eight for me, is Parrot Coaster. This is the massive B&M wing. Now, there's a bunch of B&M wings in the east, but this one gets the edge for one reason and one reason alone for me, and that is it has a straight drop. And it has a bunch of other great elements, but if, you, if you've if you listened for a while, you know we have a thing for Wild Eagles Drop and how amazing it is in the back row and there needs to be more hypers with drops like that. And there aren't many, but this is one of them. Yeah. Also, I have said it on the podcast before that I think this is the only wing that could beat Thunderbird at this point for me. Yeah, until they build another launched wing. 
And this one also is it's got some other weird stuff like a splashdown. Yes. Type it's got thing. tunnels. A lot of tunnels in the it's, second half. Mm-hmm. It's got like the inline twist slow roll. And its trains look really cool, let's be honest. I mean And the color scheme. It it it's in general a really cool looking wing. Yes, it's a, they pulled out all the stops for this ride. And it's one of those that it's easy to forget about because there's, again, so much in China and Japan and the East in general. But this one stands out among all of the others. So yeah, it looks really cool for sure. I Of all the wings I could pick to ride that I have left, this would be the one I would want to ride the most for yep. sure. Bat and Phoenix, Toverland. All right. We ready for number seven? Number seven. All right. Number seven for me. We are sticking with the same park that Coast of the Clouds is in, and that is Python and Bamboo Forest. Uh, this massive GCI that is very different from most of your typical GCIs because I don't even really know how to describe it. It is. It's not a twister or really airtime-based. It's almost like a massive hybrid of the two. So it's 5,000 feet long. It runs kind of alongside of a hill. It goes up and down, but it runs along it vertically instead of horizontally, if you kind of get what I'm saying. And it's got two big turnarounds at one end that intertwine with each other. It's got a pretty standard drop, and it's almost like out, back, out, back again but it all intertwines. It's like if you took Mystic Timbers' main portion, but doubled it, and then just put two massive turnarounds at the end instead of low-to-the-ground turns. And it runs along a hill. And it has really cool-looking trains. Uh, Call me intrigued. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is a... um, just crazy-looking GCI. Like, all of the massive GCIs are over there like when you look at track length and this one is no exception and it looks awesome mm-hmm. so okay number seven for me has got to go to a flying roller coaster I've had a thing with a thing with thing four good lord Jack um, <laughs> when did you get to China <laughs> we don't want to talk about you? that um it's Starry Sky Ripper, which is, first off, it's got a straight drop on it, which I want to know what that would feel like on a flyer. And then it just, the layout is so kind of weird and wonky compared to some of the other flyers. A lot more like rolls and twists, and then it's got like a vertical loop, which is something a lot of the b flyers don't have. And it just looks like a ton of fun. It's not the longest ride by any stretch of the imagination. It's actually pretty short for B&M Flyers when you think about it. Um, But it still just looks like such a fun ride. And I really want to get there to ride this one day. Um, It's definitely like one of my just roller coasters that is a top bucket list for me at some point. Yeah, it looks very different. Uh, and I, I definitely would love to ride it someday. It looks sick. I love the rolls and the low to the ground use at the end with some tunnels and interaction. Uh, although I'm trying to here, let me pull up a POV because if I'm remembering correct, there's one thing about this ride that kind of turns me away from it 
as much as a certain other flyer we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, but either way, I mean, yeah, it looks really cool. And I have an ad. Come on. Okay. Let's see if I was correct. Yes, I was. Okay, so the straight drop looks sick. But after the straight drop, it just goes into, like, basically a hammerhead turn basic turnaround. Which is, it's different, but I, I think I would be more looking forward to this coaster if that went, like, straight into a pretzel loop and then rolled out on the other end to get to turn around. Uh, I don't, this just seems a little bit of an odd placement to me. But, I mean, I gotta try it first. But yeah, Star Sky Ripper still looks really cool. That's the only thing that looks a little weird to me. But I Yeah, I agree. Okay. So... Number six, we ready? Yeah. All right. Number six for me is located in South Korea, and that is T Express, the Intamin Prefab. That is just massive, runs right up along a mountain. It's like El Toro Airtime Hills, but mixed with turns in between. Huge drop. How, how long is T Express? We keep having to go back to RCDB because <laughs> these aren't rides we're as familiar with. Um, yeah, it's. Again, there is so much in yeah. like China to like know and like have to learn. Like remembering all of it is crazy. And also, I'm kind of spaced out right now because I'm working on something. There's going to be a link in the description to a playlist on our YouTube channel that has a POV to every single ride we're talking about, so you can follow along with us. Oh yeah, let's go. So, uh, T Express is it's five thousand, almost four hundred feet long. And looking at the overhead shots of it, and I've seen POVs of it before, even though not they're not all great quality, but it has basically your El Toro drop and then your first El Toro hill. And then from there, it's it a lot of turns. With, yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly what I was about so, to say. You know, it, it, actually, have you ever looked at it? Because it literally is the beginning of Toro, and then they put Balder on it. I know, yeah. It, it's the first drop of Camelback of Toro. You turn... You had a mid-course, and then from there, it's basically the rest is just the entirety of Balder. It's drop, it's airtime hills, and it's turnarounds all stacked on top of each other. And then you hit the break run. Which, I mean, that sounds sick. Uh, knowing how good these Intamin prefabs are, having one that's bigger than Toro is kind of crazy. So this is definitely up there for me, and I know it is for you too. <laughs> yes. Um, I put okay. So let's see. Yeah, T Express. That one is one of the ones I'm going to repeat. My number six, I think, is going to surprise some people. It is Fujiyama. Um, and then I also put Bandit on here because they are similar. But Fujiyama mainly is the one that intrigues me. I owe a lot of this to having talked to Taylor about it a bit and just how I really want to experience one of these. Togo's that's you know good quote unquote and this is the one of the ones that keeps getting brought up this and bandit so Fuji um Fujiku is a park that you're going to see us talk about a bit more but these are like just the size of this coaster impresses me and then just wanting to know what it's like to ride it so yeah it is a weird looking ride it it's just like Togo jank, but from what I've heard, it's super fun Togo jank that has like ejector 
uh, because of said jank. And then Bandit honestly looks even better to me because of the use of terrain. Uh, both of those are such cool-looking coasters. I know Togo is not the most popular among some people, but that looks like their best work to me, for sure. Moving on to the top five. Number five for me is Dawling Dueling Dragon. Uh, we've already talked about one Dueling Dragons, but this one is two Dueling Gravity Group wooden coasters that have a ton of airtime moments, a ton of interaction, and this huge high-five element in the middle of the ride that's kind of like become a signature iconic thing that has been all over YouTube in the past. Uh, this ride, I know it doesn't duel much anymore, if at all, but, man, if I could get a dueling ride, that would be amazing. But it just looks like an airtime-filled gravity group that, if dueling, has a ton of awesome interaction. Uh, this has been a coaster that I've wanted to ride for a long time, since I've been an early enthusiast. Because, I mean, it, as much as we some people don't like them, Theme Park Reviews video has blown up about that. That would get pushed into a lot of people's recommended. And this is a ride that looks amazing. I really want to ride this. I know I probably won't get a duel, but it would be so cool if I did. Yeah, this is one of those rides that I didn't include that Chris did. But again, very highly like on the list of rides I want to ride when we get over there. Um, because <sighs> dueling gravity group that has aspects of voyage sounds like something I'm into. So, okay. Number four for me. We're already at number four. Wow. Um, this is the one. Number uh, four. This is. Oh, are we oh. at four? Or are we on five? You haven't talked about your five yet. We're I on five. Have. I'm going a little bit nuts. I'm my my apologies. Uh, it, and that is T Express at Everland in Korea. It's T Express. Chris has already said it. It's basically. It's, it's basically Toro and Boulder smashed into one ride built on a mountain. I want to ride this thing. I want to ride it, especially after having ridden Toro again and realizing Toro's great. Um, words people probably never thought they would hear come out of my mouth, but you know. Not a year ago. Not a year ago, but... Yeah, this ride just looks nuts. I'm launching the POV. There really aren't many great POVs of this ride, so I'm apologizing in advance for that. But this ride just looks nuts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's got everything you want, so. Yeah, I mean, I've already talked about it, but it does look amazing. Yeah, I'm not going to drone on about it too much. Mm-hmm. So then we are on to number four. And number four for me is Hakuge at uh, Nagashima Spa Land in Japan. So this is a massive RMC hybrid. Uh, it was at one point, what was it? White Cyclone, I think was yes. the name. Um, which was just a huge intimate wooden coaster that got converted. And now it just looks like an absolute airtime machine. The elements look more drawn out than your typical RMC but it still seems to fly through it with such good pace. It's got a stall. It's got like double, massive double ups and double downs, huge outer bank wave turns and stuff, a massive first drop. It looks like it could easily be one of the best RMCs out there. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it's crazy. I'm mm-hmm. going to 
yeah, I'm gonna say my thoughts on it because I'm talking about it in a minute. So yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, number four for me, it goes to the one and only Wood Coaster at Night Valley. Oh man, this is one of those roller coasters that is a must for me in my life. Like if I have the opportunity to ride this, I will be riding it because it is literally everything I want in a GCI. It is Thunderhead, but longer. And that is literally everything I want in a GCI. Mm. And I'm just watching the POV right now. And it just is so crazy how they built this thing. And it just keeps on going and going and going. And it's so fantastic. Literally everything you could want in a GCI in one ride. It's nuts. This ride's nuts. That's all there is to say. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but it best GCI probably. Um, Okay. Number three, we're moving through this. I have two rides listed for this because they're very similar, and that is Asia and Dino Konda. Asia being at uh, FujiQ Highland in Japan, and Dino Konda being at China's Dinosaur Park, obviously in China. Both SNS40 coasters, similar to X2, but modernized somewhat. Uh, both are just massive 40 coasters that look absolutely insane, just like X2R, but they're newer, so hopefully smoother. And they're both also a bit bigger. Uh, so I would definitely be a fan of that. <laughs> Sounds right up my alley. Yeah, I'm going to save my thoughts again because I'll be talking about it in a minute. I keep stealing all yours. Yeah, he does. Uh, so number three for me, I get the steal from you, is Flying Dinosaur at Universal Studios Japan. This is the massive B&M flyer that looks like it's too good to be true. Uh, I will say Universal Studios Japan is one of the only parks in the world that will not let you get POVs. So there are no POVs of this ride that are worth linking to. There's a couple of illegal ones, but they're so crappy it's not even worth it. Um, Link an off-ride. I will put an off-ride in there. Um, The ride just looks insane. It looks insane. We, when we get to Japan, like Universal Studios Japan is one of those parks that kind of scares me because you see the crowds. So there are multiple days set aside just so we can get multiple rides on this roller coaster. Um, it's nuts. I really don't have words to describe it because it almost seems too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. Actually, you know what? We'll just segue right in because my number two is Flying Dinosaur at Universal Studios Japan. Like Jack said, uh, this is absolutely insane and looks too good to be true, like you said. Uh, I don't I don't think there's a way I could love a B&M Flyers layout more. Uh, the color scheme looks fantastic. Obviously, it's in a Jurassic Park... Ugh, Jurassic Park-themed area near the water. Uh, it looks absolutely incredible. It... I mean, he said it. Multiple days set aside. El Toro Ryan went and waited in like a 200-minute single rider line. I'm willing to do that multiple times for this. That That's how good it looks. That's what I'll say. Yeah, me too. So, okay. Number two for me is a ride that used to, I don't think I would have put as high, but 
after having talked to a ton of people who have written it, I have since like bumped it up and that's Hakuge. Um, it's like Chris said, this is a massive RMC that looks like steel vengeance. If it were a tiny bit smaller in white and blue. Um, and it just looks like it hits on everything. I love in an RMC. You've got some good airtime, some good twisty moments. You've got some stalls, your G rolls, just tons of fun. And also the photographer in me just cannot wait to get my hands on this roller coaster. Cause it looks spectacular. Mm. The colors for this ride are up there and best color scheme in the world. In my opinion, it looks spectacular. I cannot emphasize that enough. This is one of the rides that has grown on me over time. And I really am looking forward to getting the ride. It. Yeah. I mean, I've already talked about it, but this is another ride that I can see us marathoning the day we're at that park for sure. Yep. Well, we're on to number one. And for me, number one, wood coaster at night valley in china uh yeah it is easily i think will end up being my favorite gci because it is like five thousand foot long gci that runs down a massive mountain and it looks like a near perfect combination of the twisty laterals that you love in a gci combined with the ejector and air massive airtime moments thrown in the middle because of that use of terrain, you can have the mini pops and you can have these huge floater hills. Um, it's got like two station flybys. It, <laughs> I Look, I think if you know me, you know how much I want to ride this coaster. And it is one of my top bucket lists easily. I cannot wait to actually get on this thing eventually someday if it ever happens, hopefully. Yeah, I, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's wood coaster. This is one we we've we've plotted multiple times about getting there to ride that thing. Mm-hmm. We think we know how we're gonna do it. We think we know how we're gonna do it. So, story for another day. My number one. If you know me, you know that my favorite roller coaster at the moment is X two at Six Flags Magic Mountain. The Arrow Forty Free Spin Alan Shilkey Brainchild of Death that I love. And so there is only one logical choice for not only my most anticipated coaster in the Eastern Hemisphere, but in the world. And that is Ijanaika at Fujiku Highland. It's the 50 foot taller, even more demented, apparently even smoother and even crazier version of X2. I want it. I want it now. I really, really want it. And Dinaconda, I'm going to... Like, Dinaconda is not as hype for me because not as many people have gotten to ride it and there's not as much about the ride known. Dinaconda would be up here too, but for all intents and purposes, we're saying Ijanaika because that is the one I will probably ride first. Oh, Ijanaika. Give me Ijanaika. I want Ijanaika. That is all I have to say. Ijanaika. Give it to me. Give it to me now. I want Ijanaika as well. Uh, yeah. Edge and Ica looks great. I can't wait to go to that park. Uh, we're about to spend our whole bank account on fast passes for Edge and Ica. Uh, we did it. <laughs> yeah, we so, did. So, uh, that's Asia for y'all. A little bit of a less talked about topic. Uh, hope you might have found a new ride that you had never heard of today because there's so much over there. 
But this is what looks great to us. I'm excited to actually get over to Asia eventually. I know Japan will come soon enough. We've already maybe have some years picked out for that. China, who knows? But hopefully, hopefully someday. Um, but yeah, I think that does it. We good? I think we're good. I think I think they've they probably have heard enough of us. Falling asleep so by now. Make sure you follow all the socials we plugged at the top of the show. And we will Discord, see you next week. Patreon. Yeah. Brian. Allison's book. Allison's book. All that stuff. All of that Thank stuff. Thank you for listening. See you next week. See you all next week. Thanks Hasta. for listening to the Twisted Travelers Podcast.